0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juice Box Podcast. These episodes have been remastered for better sound quality by Rob at Wrong Way Recording. When you need it done right, you choose Wrong Way, wrongwayrecording.com. Initially imagined by me as a 10-part series, the Diabetes Pro Tip Series has grown to 26 episodes. These episodes now exist in your audio player between episode 1000 and episode 1025. They are also available online at DiabetesProTip.com and JuiceBoxPodcast.com. This series features myself and Jennifer Smith. Jenny is a CDE and a Type 1 for over 35 years. This series was my attempt to bring together the management ideas found within the podcast in a way that would make it digestible and and Revisitable. It has been so incredibly popular that these 26 episodes are responsible for well over a half of a million downloads within the Juicebox podcast. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes, makers of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And they have an amazing offer for you. Right now, at my link only, ContourNext.com forward slash juice box free meter, you can get an absolutely free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit. That's ContourNext.com forward slash juice box free meter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. The Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. See all of the good work they're doing for people living with Type 1 diabetes at touchedbytype1.org and on their Instagram and Facebook pages. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, GVOKE HypoPen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Okay, Jenny, so I know how people's minds work, and the problem with this episode is it's going to be incredibly important, and they're going to see the title and not listen to it, right? I, nobody, I'm just going to curse, and I'll bleep it out later. For some reason, you mother f- are ignoring glycemic load and glycemic index of foods. You're making me crazy, okay? <laughs> like, it's just, it's like, ah! So here's the, here's the problem. The, the core of this cod- podcast, the concept behind it is, I don't think you should have to limit your diet. The unspoken part of that sentence is, I also don't think you should have a bag of sugar every day. <laughs> like Right? So I, I want you, yeah. Listen, if you get crazy one day and you're like, I'm having a Pop-Tart or I want to eat a bowl of cereal, I want you to understand how to bolus for that. That's Really at the the reasoning for the podcast at its at its beginning, like I said. But the amount of people who say, hey, listen, I counted these carbs and it didn't work. So I don't know what you want me to do about it. Well, what I want you to do about it is understand that there's a difference between 10 grams of potatoes and 10 grams of sugar and 10 grams of Pop-Tarts and Cheerios. And are the, I'm fascinated by how many unhealthy foods people think are healthy. Which one jumps into your mind when you say that? Because I think of wheat bread right away. Like somehow it being wheat bread doesn't make it bread.
1: Right. I think of, especially in the past five years, I would say maybe even more than that.
0: Oh, I know what you're going to say. Go ahead.
1: I think of meal bars.
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't know what else Ooh. to call them. Oh. Ooh, that's but not like, what I was going to say. Go ahead.
1: It's kind of like the bread idea. Just mm-hmm. because Wonder Bread now says that it's wheat bread versus white bread, that's like if you want real bread, like go back to Granny <laughs> yeah,
0: and bake see some how bread. <laughs> she
1: made her bread, yeah. right? And even you know, breads today being. There's a plethora of them Mm -hmm. on the market, right? But just because it says wheat bread doesn't mean that it's healthy bread. I mean, if you're talking about, like, healthy bread, if you're going to eat it, you're talking about the sprouted, like – low glycemic. We'll talk about the glycemic since that's the yeah, purpose yeah. of this whole episode. But right, I mean those types of breads, the unprocessed, you can actually physically see the grains in it or the mm-hmm. seeds or whatnot. There's a big difference between wonder wheat bread and sprouted grain Ezekiel bread. Yeah. Major difference
0: there. <laughs> even even when I make bread at the house, I'm only just making white bread, but it's at least sugar, flour, yeast water, butter, that's it. That's what's yes. in it. Like salt, excuse me. That's that's what's in it. It's Of course, the, the flour's processed and the sugar's processed, but you, you can buy a loaf of wheat bread and the first ingredient is high fructose corn syrup. Right. And people are like, I don't know what happened.
1: Right, right. <laughs> I it's do. Kind, I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like I said too though with the bars. People, lives are busy today. Mm-hmm. They're very busy. And- I actually did a whole like, I think I did a blog post about this actually, or it was in part of our newsletter or something all about like sort of the false advertising of nutrition bars, right? You're eating your nutrition bar because it's like, it's low carb or it's low glycemic or it follows your keto plan. You know what? If you're going to follow a plan, follow a plan and eat real food most, I say most of the time, like these like 90, 10, 80, 20, kind of most of the time you're doing real food. You know where it came from. Your grandmother could identify it. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee that if I showed my grandmother who is no longer living something like, I'm not going to name a brand, but a general, like a store-bought processed meal bar, she'd be like, what is this?
0: What is this? Yeah. <laughs> like
1: What is this? Go make yourself a peanut butter sandwich or something. You know, those, <laughs> so.
0: those things are so dense with calories and carbohydrates and all that stuff. My son uses them. So my son does not like to have a full stomach when he's playing baseball, but you can't go play college baseball in the heat without fuel. Right. But he can take like a half of one of those bars. And power him through a baseball game. There's so much jammed into it, so he likes them because they don't fill his stomach. But it, it goes to show how much fuel is in it, and right. you know things that impact your blood sugar. I thought, you know, when you said you know a bar, I thought you might say vegan food, and I thought you uh, vegan diet, and I thought you might say um, no gluten stuff, because uh-huh. I had to remember one time. They were trying to figure out my iron issue and a doctor said, hey, don't eat gluten for a month.
1: Mm-hmm. And in
0: a month of eating not gluten, I gained like eight pounds and I thought, but I'm eating healthier. And then I looked back and I went, no, I'm not. I'm just eating things that don't have gluten in them. Right. Right. Like right. I, I confused no gluten with health. And my daughter's friend is a vegan, uh, but she's basically a human garbage can. <laughs>
1: like she yeah. Just,
0: you know, it's fascinating.
1: It is. In terms of, I mean, just those two, vegan or even being vegetarian is kind of the first, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want to eat meat. Great. I I mean, for the most part, the only animal that I eat is fish. Okay. I mean, any of the other animals on the planet, I eat fish. It's occasional, not very Mm -hmm. often. So for the most part, we are mostly vegetarian. Okay. And- but you could be a very unhealthy vegetarian. You could also be a very unhealthy vegan. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing a heck of a lot of the processed, oh, but it doesn't have any animal based product in it, great. But like, how long has it been sitting in the bag or the box on the shelf just because it doesn't have animal product in it? Yeah. Or, right? I mean, there are healthy ways to be vegetarian or vegan. There are also healthy ways to be on a ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the products that are on the market for that type of of an eating fueling plan are very processed. You can be healthy and actually eat good real food on a ketogenic diet or on a vegetarian diet or on a paleo or a caveman diet. But much of the processed stuff that's out there, like you found with the the, um, gluten-free stuff. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of the gluten-free packaged process stuff, it's made out of very, and this is brings in glycemic index, mm. it's made out of very high glycemic, quick impacting, refined carbohydrate, right. rice flour, tapioca starch, potato flour, I mean- the lower glycemic ones would be things like if it's made out of like an almond flour um, mm-hmm. or like the nut flours or like a coconut flour or something like that. Those tend to be lower impact, lower glycemic, still processed, Yeah. but... um,
0: Well, the, yeah. the reason I bring it up, and I'm sure this happens to you constantly and to me far less because I don't speak to nearly as many people one-on-one as you do, but I am just endlessly inundated with people who want to know, like, I don't understand why this isn't working. I eat healthy. It's almost like when people say it's almost like when people say to me, oh, my blood sugar got really low. I've learned not to infer what I think of as low into what they say. In the beginning when someone say to me, oh, I got really low, I'd go right over it. Now I stop and I go, what does that mean? What number is really low? Because sometimes the person will say 85 and I'll go, oh, Well, that's not really low. And so it frames my conversation. So when people say, I eat healthy, I do. I'm like, what does that mean? Right. Because I need to understand what you're eating to talk to you about the insulin you're using because we did everything right here. Your blood sugar should not be 200 right now. Well, I don't understand. I had a really healthy meal. And then when you talk to them, you know, it's like, oh, I had avocado toast, and you think, oh, well, that does sound healthy. Except, a, they don't know there's carbs in avocados for some reason. They're completely disconcerned with the fact that's in the avocado, and there's high fructose corn syrup in the toast they made. And I'm like, right. yeah, okay. <laughs> so, right. so, so, I, I don't care how anyone eats. I would think of myself as the only real diet I stick to is an intermittent schedule, mm-hmm. and I only eat in a certain hours. But other than that. In the past week, I've had Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Um, I'm making ribs tonight for dinner, Texas style, in case anyone's wondering, going to smoke them. And, you know, um, I think last night we had, I had chicken parm that I made last night. But keeping with Jenny's point, I made the chicken parm. I took a chicken breast. I hammered it flat. I put breadcrumbs on it and a little tomatoes and and some mozzarella cheese. You at least, you could see what was on it. And
1: you knew what you put in it. Yeah. You, you and I didn't,
0: an idea and I didn't fry it in any of the in I don't use processed oil either mm-hmm. and the and the, the the olive oil I use is only cold pressed I don't I don't use heat pressed so those are pretty much the only things that I follow and besides taking you know a reasonable amount of like you know vitamins um, I don't really do anything differently. Right. But I'm also right. not really interested. I'm not trying to impact my weight. I just want to be healthy and I want to eat something. Right. Um,
1: and you're not concerned with your own blood sugar overall. I mean, you're concerned with your daughters. But yeah, other than I've that, worn a and-
0: glucose monitor a couple of times. My body handles yeah. my diet. So right. um, that that's and I'm not overtaxing it. I didn't eat like three pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. The Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series is sponsored by Ascensia Diabetes. Makers, of the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. And they have a unique offer just for listeners of the Juicebox Podcast. If you're new to Contour, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit by visiting this special link. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box free meter. When you use my link, you're going to get the same accurate meter that my daughter carries. ContourNext.com forward slash juice Juice box free meter. Head there right now and get yourself the starter kit. This free kit includes the contour next gen meter, 10 test strips, 10 lancets, a Lancing device, control solution, and a carry case. But most importantly, it includes an incredibly accurate and easy-to-use blood glucose meter. This contour meter has a bright light for nighttime viewing, an easy-to-read screen. It fits well in your hand and features second-chance sampling, which can help you to avoid wasting strips. Every one of you has a blood glucose meter. You deserve an accurate one. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box free meter to get your absolutely free Contour Next Gen starter kit sent right to your door. When it's time to get more strips, you can use my link and save time and money buying your Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. It's completely possible that you will pay less out-of-pocket in cash for your Contour Strips than you're paying now through your insurance. Contournext.com forward slash juice box free meter. Go get yourself a free starter kit. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. Touched by Type 1 has the back of people living with Type 1 diabetes. Take, for instance, their D-Box program. Touched by Type 1 knows firsthand the intricacies of living with type 1 diabetes. And so their team has created a D-Box, which is a starter kit that provides important resources and supportive materials to individuals with diabetes. They want you to thrive. The D-Box is completely free and available to newly diagnosed people. All you have to do is go to touchedbytype1.org, go to the Programs tab, and click on D-Box. While you're there, check out all the other resources and programs available at touchedbytype1. Dot org. Speaking of support, touched by type1.org is available in English and Spanish. Don't forget to find them on Facebook and Instagram too. You do not want to miss what Touched by Type 1 is doing. When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to Givoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. G-Voke shouldn't be used in patients with theochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit giveglucagon.com slash risk. You know. But I, I think it's also
1: yeah. I, I think that actually brings up kind of a good a good visual of the difference between glycemic index and glycemic load when you were wearing that continuous monitor. Mm-hmm. I remember you either te- I think you texted and you texted like how much you physically had to eat in order to get the CGM to register like a bump up in your blood sugar showing that your body was actually being taxed.
0: It was fascinating, yeah.
1: By the amount that you ate. And that actually speaks to the load impact, right? Mm-hmm. So when we talk about glycemic index and glycemic load, glycemic index is really just um it considers the amount of food that you've eaten carbohydrate that will turn into impacting sugar in the next two hours after you consume the food. But that's just the tip of the iceberg in understanding. And that's when, when I talk to people, you know, who are trying to consider glycemic index, I'm like, you have to take it a step farther. There are depths or there is depth to glycemic index and Mm -hmm. a step farther is glycemic load. In terms of glycemic load talks about the amount of the food that you're eating at a particular time. And my favorite example to give is watermelon. Watermelon has a very high glycemic index. Um, if you're not familiar with glycemic index, you're not quite sure it's a scale of zero to 100 with mm-hmm. 100 being pure glucose. So as foods are rated on that scale with a number, the higher the number or the closer to 100, the faster the impact should be on your glucose level. Okay. But again, this is in a simple lab-generated testing, right, where you're only eating, my example, watermelon. You're not eating watermelon on top of chicken parm, on top of like a whole stick of butter, right? I
0: I also wonder, are these things tested on people with diabetes when they come up with the index or people with a working pancreas when they come up with the index?
1: Actually, that's, that's a really, I believe that's it was, I believe it's people with a working pancreas. Yeah. To give a true definition of what the impact could be when sort of outside insulin dosing isn't in the picture. But that is a really good thing. It makes me think of it, maybe looking that up.
0: Here's what it made me wonder about you know, when somebody tries to catch a low by turning their basil off for an hour and then they create like, avoid in front of them a black hole where there's no and then they have the tiniest bit of carbs like my blood sugar shot way up i don't understand it well uh, your pancreas doesn't work and you took away all the insulin in your body and then added even the tiniest bit of carbs so the glycemic index of anything away from insulin is probably 100 right like everything probably hits like 100 away from insulin and so when you've got the right amount of basal in these foods are going to still hit on this chart. And before we go on, like I just, I'm going to roll through it real quick and just pull a couple out to give people an idea. White bread is a 75, right? Um, white rice is a 73. Cornflakes are 81, but an apple's 36, right? Strawberry jam okay. is 49. A potato boiled is 78, but a potato mashed is 87. Mm-hmm. so everything hits differently and when I stand on stage I try to simplify it down by saying foods punch at a different weight some of them just hit harder than others and that's and and it's interesting too they have sugars listed out here sucrose is 65 glucose is 103 honey is 61 and fructose if I'm saying that right is 15. Yeah, because
1: fructose is fruit sugar, and that kind of brings into the treatment for lows. then. The -hmm. reason that glucose tablets technically work the best or anything in which dextrose is one of the first three ingredients in like a candy kind of thing, that's the reason it's going to work the best because glucose is the simplest form of sugar that there is. There's no breakdown to it. It gets in and it gets distributed and used, whereas something like fructose, or galactose, which is milk sugar, um, sucrose. They are more come. They're a more combined chemical sugar structure. So your body has to break it apart to get the glucose out. Okay. To actually impact the blood sugar.
0: So in a scenario where a person takes a glucose tab and it takes forever for their blood sugar to go back up, but eventually it rockets up, that means they have a lot of active insulin that the tabs fighting with. Is that is that? What you would infer from that
1: that would be the estimate you know if there's iob and there's a load of it and there's a low and you only take one glucose tablet that's like a drop in like the ocean of impact the other uh, yeah. the other reason could possibly be whatever is in the stomach already might be hampering the true absorption of that if the glucose tablet's kind of sitting on top of that digestion and if that other food is really highly fibrous or very high in fat or a lot of protein, it may take longer for that little bit of glucose to definitely impact and get absorbed. Yes.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm sorry, we kind of got away from it for a second, but it all feels oh. really important. You know, that that you can't just I mean all carbs aren't created equal. I guess is how I've boiled it down for the podcast. But again, the the amount of you out there who like like I try to say to people, like when they're really learning about the podcast and they're going through the pro tip episodes and they're getting the ideas down, but they're still spiking and then getting low later. I always say like, why don't you just simplify your food choices for a little while while you're practicing? You, you, you know what I mean? Like I think I, I think I said to somebody recently, if you got it in your head that you wanted to learn how to box and you went to the gym a couple of times, you took some sparring and you think you were starting to get confident. Once you had a little bit of confidence under your feet, Your next thought wouldn't be, you know, I had to go find Iron Mike Tyson and see if he wants to go a couple rounds with me because you're not ready for that yet, right? But people make a couple of good boluses in a row and they're like, I'm going to try Cheerios. Like, no, don't try Cheerios. It's day three. Right? (laughs) Right. You're not good at this yet. You're getting better at it. And so if you're having trouble putting tools into practice, I always say, Go for things that are, you know, that don't punch as hard while you're practicing. You cut yourself a break, you know?
1: And also learn, and I think I've said this before too in some other episodes, but learn the foods are the that are most common for you. Take a look at what you love to eat. Write them down. Most people have about 20 foods that are over and over what they eat almost every out. single day, right? Yeah. Mark them down, look up their glycemic index and see. How does it work when you try to cover these foods? Even if mm-hmm. it's like a meal, let's say you eat chicken and broccoli and rice three nights a week because it's like one of your favorite things in the whole great, write it down, figure out what you did, what happened, if it especially if it didn't work the way that you wanted it to work out, and then eat it again, you know, two nights from now and try it again. Maybe it was more insulin that you needed, maybe the timing was a little bit different. Maybe it takes into consideration though. Well, gosh, tonight I ate a whole cup of rice with the chicken and the broccoli, and maybe Wednesday night, I decided to eat only a half a cup of the rice with the same amount of chicken and broccoli. So there's the load impact, right? It's the portion of the rice. The rice itself in one cup versus half a cup versus four cups still has the same glycemic index. Mm -hmm. That's not going to change, but the load takes into, um, I guess, what you have to pay attention to is- you're eating now like a whole cup versus a half a cup. And that load impact is going to then be the big driver of blood sugar after. In fact, you might need to play with timing of the insulin a little bit differently based on portion.
0: Right. So Jenny brought up earlier that I tried to drive my blood sugar up when I was wearing a glucose monitor and I obviously don't have diabetes. And I took a I think it was a big piece of cake with a lot of icing on it. And I ate it and waited, and my blood sugar did not go up very much at all. So and you I was had like, more, right? So I ate, I forced myself for you people. I hope you're happy. Um, <laughs> I forced myself. By the way, I did not enjoy – I did not enjoy the last third of the first piece, and I really didn't enjoy the second piece. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, let me get this in. And what did I get to like 132, something like that? My blood yeah, sugar? It wasn't. Like something like I mean, that, it stay, right?
1: it stayed under the defined like 140 mark. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: I I couldn't eat myself over 140 if I tried. And and but still I got to 130 in a life where I wasn't getting to 130 a lot. I I was having to like do what Jenny said to get to 130. I was having to stack multiple different tough foods on top of each other, like layer them on top of each other's having to have bread with potatoes and then something else. And more and more. I was, I, I spent one night. I don't know if you know, those little spearmint leaf candies that are just like, they're just sugar with like, they they, literally, they take sugar and then they dip it in sugar. You you know, Um, I sat with the glucose monitor in front of me, just going like, just popping one of those in like every three minutes and my blood sugar would not move off of 89. Like, it just wouldn't move. And I was just like, I'm not did trying you, to make people jealous. Did you
1: thank you, pancreas? Did you I, did you I pa- was, thank you, pancreas? Thank you so much you for You know,
0: I, I told you, I, I had a, a deep feeling of um guilt eating food and watching my blood sugar not go up. Like a significant, it makes me sad thinking about it. I, I, I had a real deep feeling of guilt the first number of days I wore it. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, I'm trying to do these things so I can talk about them on the podcast. And at the same time, I'm looking over at my daughter while we're like correcting a one thirty so it doesn't turn into a one seventy, you know? And um and I'm just but anyway, like let's get back to the fun part. I am throwing these candies into the point where I was like, uh, I hate these things now. Right. <laughs> and I couldn't get my blood sugar to go up. That was it. It was it was pretty fascinating. Um Having said all that, again, I think that the podcast exists because I think people are going to have a candy once in a while. I think that when people look at the, you know, at Harvard's good, you know, what you can swap out for lower glycemic index things, and and I think, oh, I could have corn on the cob or a leafy green or peas. Hmm, you, you know, I think most people are like, I would like corn. Would you like corn flakes or bran flakes? No, oh, oh, I want corn flakes. <laughs> you, you know, um. Even white rice to brown rice is, you know, now there are ways like you'll learn how to like, for us, we, I've switched the house over just a basmati rice. It just hits Arden differently. It just does. And who cares why? Like I tried four different rices and I finally got to one and I was like, this is the one that doesn't hit her as hard. This is the one we eat now. Does it
1: differ based on how you cook it or prepare it?
0: I only prepare it one way, Jenny. I have the Zeroshi. Is it Zeroshi? People are making fun of Is me a now. Rice steamer. I have the greatest rice steamer on the face of the planet, and let me tell you why I am able to afford this rice steamer. Um, <laughs> I was walking through a Macy's one day, and they had this little rack of things that had clearly been returned to the store but bought online that they don't stock in the store. Mm-hmm. And so they just want to get rid of it because they have no place to put it. And my eye, luckily for me, is it Zorosh? It's Z O J I R U S H I. They make bomb bomb rice cookers, right? Wow! And my eye catches this rice cooker that I know in my heart costs like five hundred dollars, <laughs> oh and right, and obviously I'm not going to own a five hundred dollar rice cooker in my lifetime. No. And I looked over, and that thing said seventy five bucks. And I moved across that store like Usain Bolt in his prime. I was like, out of the way, people. <laughs> and wow. and I, I snatched this box up and I was holding it. I was like hugging it. They <laughs> like,
1: step back. Step back. I was like, everybody just Smile. moved. Like I felt
0: like everyone else knew. As I looked around, I realized I was the only one aware that I was holding a very expensive rice cooker with a $75 price tag on it. And I actually, it was so crazy. I went over to an employee. And I was like, this is, is this $75? Right? And she goes, yeah. And I went, I will buy this. Thank you. <laughs> and So I took it. It makes perfect rice. It is fascinating. You put the rice in. You fill the water up to the line that corresponds with the cups, the number of cups of rice you use. You push a button. It plays twinkle, twinkle, little star. And 55 minutes later, you're eating the best rice you ever had in your entire life. Uh, I don't it's know why cool. it plays twinkle, twinkle, little star when you start it up. But it does. Um, my kids i probably it, love that. They oh, love my God other than that i am the worst i can't make rice i i screw rice up six ways from sunday every time i try to make it so i
1: rarely have rice i only have rice when we do sushi
0: when my son's trying to gain weight he wants it in the house too so okay. i make it and i and it goes in the um it goes in the refrigerator and he just adds it to everything he's eating you yeah know,
1: it's just my constantly. choice is always my kids love quinoa thankfully um and then wild rice which isn't technically even rice it's it's the seed of a long grass, so there's right. a little got, education for you. So.
0: Oh, I love I love a nice long rice because I like the, the 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 sort of like you know spices that go in with it too.
1: Yeah, is but that why they're them, hard? They, still? they work glycemically better, and I've yeah. just found long term that I mean, my family likes it, so it's not like I even have to cook it separate for me and them. Something like right. brown rice, so. Yeah,
0: I can't believe I spent so much time talking about my excitement about getting a cheap rice cooker in this podcast episode. I'm sorry for all that for everyone who's listening. It was like, yeah, buddy, this is not helping me. I'm not buying a $500 rice cooker. Well, well, maybe, th- th- maybe I you started should. because
1: of the way I asked you how <laughs> yeah. you cooked it, right? And that does bring in as you were talking about the glycemic index before about like a baked potato versus a boiled potato versus you know, mm-hmm. the glycemic index can change based on how something is prepared and/or how ripe something is. So for example, like your apple that you mentioned before, I think it's in like the thirties or forties or something, right? Most apples are considered low glycemic. Anything under 50 on the glycemic index scale is considered low glycemic, slow impact. Um, Apples are there. Kiwi fruit is there. Most of the berries are there, Mm -hmm. but then you get into the fruit that you really eat at its peak sweetness. You're talking about the summer melon. You're talking about pineapple, papaya, mango, bananas, grapes, bing cherries. They're all high glycemic because their sugars are so developed Mm -hmm. to get that flavor that you want. I mean, I guarantee you're not going to eat a – well, some people do. My husband doesn't care. He's one of the people who can eat like a green banana, put it in a smoothie. He doesn't care. He's like the banana is there because I like the nutrition in it. I don't care how it tastes. Right. I cannot eat a green banana. Yeah, they, they taste dry I mean,
0: on the outside when you're biting them. Do you notice that? Like the outside, you're like, eh, eh, why yeah. is that doing that to my that mouth? Into
1: my mouth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish people could see us sometimes <laughs> with the that we make when we're talking. Um, but I mean, I bring that in because glycemic index is higher for a riper fruit mm-hmm. and the impact is going to be faster. And I can tell you if I make a smoothie with a less than ripe banana because it's what we've got and I want a smoothie, right. the impact is definitely different for me. And I strategize my bolus timing different. Based on that. Based on that.
0: Well, I, you hit one with Arden loves cherries and they like I have to like swing at too. those with both hands, right. you, you know, when you're bolusing, they're they're really tough. Um, that is, see, I, I find all this fascinating and I find it sad because I don't think that many people think about it at all. They just count the carbs and then they're like, well, this, I counted the number and the number says 10. And so it's 10. I, I, I'm, You're I'm right. just, you know what I mean? And nobody thinks about the insulin because I don't think about the carbs that much. Like I look at the food and I pick the insulin. I saw somebody the other day, they were, you know, they had this meal and they're like, we use two units or three units, and I was like, well, what is this? Like a, like I don't understand. Is this like a four-year-old kid? And it wasn't. It was a teen, and I'm like, that's not going to work. And you know, and then I asked them their ratio, and they're like, oh, it's one to ten. And I was like, you think this is twenty-five carbs? I was like, this is sixty carbs. You you know, like if if it's one, it's sixty, and I'd be scared to say sixty as I was looking at it. I was like, I don't. know. I might go seventy to be perfectly honest with you, and. Right. And, and they're they're at 20, 30, they're not sure. And then the kid's blood sugar jumps up to 240 and they don't know what happened. And then they're correcting, correcting, correcting. And then the food gets digested out. The kid's crashing down and then they're correcting and then they won't, and it goes back. And it's just, it, right. it, it's never ending. I think, you know,
1: you know the, the topics of glycemic index and glycemic load are, they really are such, they're kind of the, like further down the road. You're talking about like yeah. just- correct carb counting get that squared away that is step number one get get some carb counting get some labels read even if you have to do portion estimation that's Mm -hmm. your tool that you're get good at portion estimation then for again those foods that are on your these are the typical things that i eat great then we can move on further to things like glycemic index glycemic load a little bit better bolus timing um and then you kind of that maybe another step further is how was it cooked, right? Am I mm-hmm. boiling my potatoes or am I baking my potatoes? Am I, you know, eating a green banana? Am I eating a completely black banana? <laughs> you know, <laughs> So,
0: uh, well, I- you're, you're hitting on something that I know I want to talk about on the podcast more with you in the future, which is. Uh, after speaking to so many people, like I realized that there's a, an order in which you should pay attention to things when you're starting right, right? and like in an overly simplistic way <clears throat> like i always say if i was um if i was on the titanic and i was sinking and you 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 somehow recognize me as a person who could help people with diabetes you're like scott i have a tape recorder you have 30 seconds what do you want to tell people about type 1 diabetes i'd say get your basal insulin right learn how long your pre bolus is, and then understand the glycemic load index of food and then i would go under and freeze to death and drown. But but those are like if the, if I could only say those things to you, like three things to you, I'd say that. Right. And then from there I'd start talking about well, it's timing and amount, you know, and you can't forget about overnight this happens and you know protein and fat cause rises. Like there's
1: the variables.
0: I just think of it as the seed of the idea. Like I always think of like management of diabetes is a tree. It's a 100-year-old tree with a thousand branches And every point of that tree is important, but at its core, at its seed, it's basil. And then it's, you have to pre-bolus and then it's, you have to understand the impact of the food. Like that's the start of it. You never, but I see so many people who are out on the tip of the 700th branch going, I really want to understand this part. And I was like, there's a lot more to understand before you dig into that. Right. Y- Let's you know, start
1: back at the trunk.
0: <laughs> and, and here's the problem, right? No one tells you to pre-ball us. No one ever tells you basal insulin is important. And the words glycemic index and glycemic load are not sexy, and I don't like to pay attention to them when I hear them. My brain goes, eh, boring. That's for people who eat good. Like, that's how it made me feel when somebody said it to me in a doctor's office one day. I'm not trying to run a marathon. I don't care about glycemic load. It, they... Instead of saying, hey, you over here, these are the three most important things you need to understand. They told me the most important things and then moved on to stuff that doesn't matter as much. So not that none of it matters. It all matters. But there's a core of it. And if you do the core, you're okay. I'm telling you, basal, pre-bolus, glycemic load, glycemic index is an A1C in the sixes. That's my guess. You want it in the fives? Start crawling out in the edges of the tree and figure out the rest of it. But this is Bad it. exercise. Right yeah. Get a pump and go for a walk. Like there's I could say yeah. stuff all day, but right. you know, stop eating Pop Tarts and telling me like it's not fair. I can't have Pop-Tarts. of course it's not fair. Pop tarts are poison. You
1: can't remember <laughs> like, the last time I had a Pop tart. They're not food. Probably college because there was like nothing left in the cafeteria or something. And I was like, oh yeah. my god, I have to eat something. But I don't aside, have a pump. I have to as- cover my insulin.
0: Jenny, aside of that, if you want to eat a Goddamn Pop Tart, eat it. I don't care. Just don't act like you don't understand what happened afterwards because that makes me sad. (laughs) Like, I just, you're killing me online. Okay. You're putting things up online. You're making me sad because I want to come say all this stuff to you. I don't have time and you're breaking my heart. So, and, and when I, when I help people privately, some people get it more quickly and some people get it slowly and then some people give it away like after they know it and i've seen them do it and then they stop doing it i'm just going to tell you like i don't follow many people's dexcoms and when i do i don't for long Mm -hmm. but when i do and i've seen you do it and i've seen you understand it and then you have a 300 blood sugar i gotta stop following you it just it breaks my heart like i just can't like it eats me up inside you know i look at the graph and i'm like oh my god like they didn't pre-ball us or why are they? Or not Or it could have been this? a bad
1: pump site. Too. Or it
0: could listen. It could have been anything. The problem is, it's just it's ripping my guts out. I can't look at it anymore. Like with my daughter, I can do something about it.
1: It like is. It's, I- it's hard to follow people. I agree. I mean, with the with the many, many, many people <laughs> I see their data, yeah, uh, it is. It's hard because, and I think you know, there's there's no there's no stop to like my job isn't like. I go to the office, I do my job, I put everything away, I close the door, and then I go home, right? Like <laughs> the people that I work with become like, they're almost like family to me, right? They're people that I, I care about the people that I get the privilege to work with and help. And yeah. I want the best. And I, sometimes I feel like <laughs> I could just like go home with everybody. <laughs> I, wish
0: I, I just I texted a person this morning and I said, if you could just come here for I think 18 hours, I could just do this for you and you could see, but they, and they know what to do and they won't do it. And I'm just it's like, hard. oh my God, it is really, I listen, I'm not trying to turn this but It's hard on me. Like mm-hmm. it really does. Like it just rips me up. Like I've, I'm like, you you keep making the same mistake over and over again, but it's not out of ignorance. You You quite honestly know not to do it. And you just, I don't know if it's fear or Habits are hard to break. Yeah, or habits are hard to break, but you're just, you're doing the wrong thing. Like it's, and I've told you it's the wrong thing, 10 different ways. And each time I say it, you say, I understand. I now, you know what it is? I now know what my wife feels like when she's talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) It must be, Kelly, I'm so sorry. It must be incredibly frustrating. (laughs) to say the go. same thing to me a million times and me go no no i understand i 100 understand and then three days later i'm just doing it again yes. but but and so it's like i don't mean to come down on i'm not trying to come down on people i'm just saying that jenny's not wrong like following someone's blood sugar is it's a lot and it's tough too. When like i don't think i know everything and i but it's tough when you look at a graph and you go, hey, you know what? You need more basil. And they go, no, you know what I think? And I th- I always think to myself, I actually started saying it out loud. I started going like, why don't we stop worrying about what you think? Because what you think led to this graph I'm looking at. Right. <laughs> so, you know, So right. try what I think for a second and see what happens. That's Just try
1: even... it my way for a little bit, please.
0: Yeah, here. And I'll, listen, I'm going to cost Jenny some money and save all of you an hour paying her, Freddie. Stop explaining to Jenny what you think. Let her tell you what's going on (laughs) because you're just in therapy at that point, and that's not getting you to a better blood sugar, I don't think. You know what I mean, right? How many stories do people tell you where you're just like, stop talking? This doesn't matter? (laughs)
1: Lots. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's a marriage of what I see, and sometimes it's adding in then... What they've seen, but they're addressing a certain way because they think something's happening, that isn't really the reason for it. So it's kind of a marriage of what I see and how to tell them about what to do differently. It's not that what you're seeing is wrong. It's that the adjustments are not quite the right adjustment.
0: You're 100% right. And I was being too flippant. Like You do need to hear it from them, but it's fascinating how infrequently their interpretation of what they're seeing is right. Right, you know, you need to you need to hear what's happening. You don't need their interpretation of what's happening right. as much. Right. It's it's interesting. Anyway, it's like it's like trying to do I don't know. It, it's it's the weirdest customer service in the world. Like IT people, this is like that, except times like a million. So anyway, Jenny has to go. She's, she's oh, I do drop bombs of knowledge and truth all over this episode. Uh, so I I really appreciate Yay. that. I yeah. I will talk to you soon. Cool, awesome. I want to thank Ascensia Diabetes for sponsoring the Remastered Diabetes Pro Tip Series. Don't forget, you can get a free Contour Next Gen Starter Kit at ContourNext.com forward slash juiceboxfreemeter. While supplies last, U.S. residents only. If you're enjoying the Remastered episodes of the Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juicebox podcast, you have touched by Type 1 to thank. Touched by Type1.org is a proud sponsor of the remastering of the Diabetes Pro Tip series. Learn more about them at TouchedByType1.org. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke voke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N. .com/juicebox Jenny Smith holds a bachelor's degree in human nutrition and biology from the University of Wisconsin. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator, and a certified trainer on most makes and models of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitoring systems. She's also had type 1 diabetes for over 35 years, and she works at integrateddiabetes.com. If you're interested in hiring Jenny, You can learn more about her at that link. If you're living with diabetes or are the caregiver of someone who is, and you're looking for an online community of supportive people who understand, check out the Juicebox Podcast private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. There are over 41,000 active members, and we add 300 new members every week. There is a conversation happening right now that would interest you, inform you or give you the opportunity to share something that you've learned. Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook, and it's not just for type 1s. Any kind of diabetes, any way you're connected to it, you are invited to join this absolutely free and welcoming community. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, listen. There's 26 episodes in this series. You might not know what each of them are. I'm going to tell you now. Episode 1000 is called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. Episode 1001 all about MDI. 1002 all about insulin. 1003 is called Prebolus. Episode 1004 Temp Basal. 1005 Insulin Pumping. 1006 Mastering a CGM. 1007 Bump and Nudge. 1008 The Perfect Bolus. 1009 variables 1010 setting basal insulin 1011 exercise 1012 fat and protein 1013 insulin injury and surgery 1014 glucagon and low bgs in episode 1015 jenny and i talk about emergency room protocols in 1016 long-term health 1017 bump and nudge part two In episode 1018, Pregnancy, 1019, Explaining Type 1, 1020, Glycemic Index and Load, 1021, Postpartum, 1022, Weight Loss, 1023, Honeymoon, 1024, Female Hormones, and in episode 1025, we talk about transitioning from MDI to pumping. Before I go, I'd like to share two reviews with you of the Diabetes Pro Tip series, one from an adult and one from a caregiver. I learned so much from the Pro Tips series when our son was diagnosed last summer. It really helped get me through those first few very tough weeks. It wasn't just your explanations of how it all works, which were way better than anything our diabetes educator told us, but something about the way you and Jenny presented everything, even the scary stuff, that reassured me that we could figure out how to deal with this and to teach our son how to deal with it too. Thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. This podcast is a game changer. 25 years as a type 1 diabetic, and only now am I learning some of the basics. Scott brings useful information and presents it in digestible ways. Learning that pre-bolus doesn't just mean bolus before you eat, but means timing your insulin so that it is active as the carbs become active, took me already from a decent 6.5A1C down to a 5.6 in the past 8 months. I've never met Scott, but after listening to hundreds of episodes and joining him in his Facebook group... I consider him a friend. Listening to this podcast and applying it has been the best thing I have done for my health since diagnosis. I genuinely hope that the Diabetes Pro Tip Series is valuable for you and your family. If it is, find me in the private Facebook group and say hello. If you're enjoying the Juice Box podcast, please share it with a friend, a neighbor, your physician, or someone else who you know that might also benefit from the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.